Good morning, Gateway. Welcome in the house of the Lord today. Will you please stand and join us in worship? in the name of Jesus. Good morning, good morning, good morning. <laughs> it's so wonderful to be here this morning. Um, last week I was in Newcastle. I at last got my brother home. After being in hospital for 13 months. So you can imagine that was a very, very long time. Um, as the medical folk have told me, he is now 50% through his process of healing. Um, they've been able now to get him from a wheelchair into a bed, or rather he can do most of it himself, get from a wheelchair into a bed and out, and um, he's strong enough that you can take, put him in a car and transport him. But now the other 50% is to do some more physio, to do more exercises, so that he can then, hopefully by the end of this year, get a prosthesis. 
So we just praise God for His faithfulness. Sometimes it takes a bit longer than we would want it to happen. Um, but the exciting news was when I was there on Monday, um, the physio that's with him at the moment got him to be able to stand on his one leg, which is something they haven't done in the hospital. So even if it was for like five or ten seconds, it's part of the process of healing. Just uh, one or two notices before we start. Just a reminder that we have an evening service, uh, 6 p.m. here at the church. It's a wonderful time just to become intimate with God, to just spend time and absorb and to know God's love for us and also to experience the Holy Spirit as, as He comes down and touches each one of us and transforms our hearts and minds to draw into intimacy with Christ. And then also just a reminder that on the 25th of February, for those who are interested in membership at Gateway or would like to know a bit more about Gateway, we are running a 5M course. It is called Making Membership Much More Meaningful. If you would like to be part of that and would like to learn more or become part of our membership, on my left, there is a, or there was outside, but also be on the left, is a board. If you can please put your names down so that we can just get numbers, but that will be the 25th of February. That's in two weeks' time. So if you are keen to join, please join us. That will be from 10.30 to 11.30. Um, yeah, at the church, uh, probably in the counseling room. Could I please ask you to stand as we come and call upon God and call at this call of worship. Our God, creator and sustainer of life, please respond, instructs us to give generously and cheerfully. We come giving the funds, time, and gifts God has given us cheerfully and without hesitation or pressure, trusting that in our upside-down life of the gospel, our wealth is measured not by what we have, but by, by what we give away. We give joyfully as an act of our faith, trusting you great God, to bless your church, your people, and your creation through our giving. Let us worship God as we praise Him this morning.
today, Lord, and we want to say thank you, Father, for the price you paid, the gift you gave, Lord. Thank you, Father, that today we can stand here washed by your blood, Father, cleansed, Lord. I pray, Father, that you will be with us in the service, Lord. Come speak to people, Lord. Come touch hearts, Lord. Come mend lives. Come have your way amongst us today. Father, we invite you in, Lord, to be present here with us, Lord. Let your spirit move in a mighty way.
Good and you are faithful. 
God, we praise and thank you for the truth of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that you are the one true God and that it is only through Christ that we have life and that we can have it, Lord, abundantly. Lord, this morning as we praise and glorify the name of Jesus, Lord, we are convicted, for we know that we are not perfect, that we fail. But yet, Paul writes that all have sinned, that all have fallen short of the glory of God. And so, Lord, in Jesus' name this morning, we pray, forgive us. Forgive us, Lord, for those times that we do let you down that we sin. But Lord, we pray this morning that the precious blood of Christ may be poured out upon us and that we may experience His healing. Lord, that we may experience Your forgiveness. And Lord, remind us this morning through the power and grace of the Holy Spirit that Jesus Christ reigns in our hearts, that we need not fear any man that we need not fear anything, for we know that Jesus Christ is King of kings and Lord of lords of our lives. We pray this, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. This morning, um, I would just like to say, Lillian... Where's Lillian? Krarum. Well, it's wonderful to have her with us today with, with both twins. We have been praying for her and the family, and it's wonderful uh, that they are with us today. So uh, when, you, when you're at tea, please welcome Lillian. <laughs> and Lucky. Um, also, just a reminder that uh, when you go out this morning at both doors, you will see little baskets with benevolent fund written on them. If you could please just remember, today is Communion Sundays, and generally on Communion Sunday, we take up funds for the benevolent fund to help those in the congregation in need and those who need God's help in these times. This morning I continue my series on unlocking the kingdom of God. And this morning um, I begin a series for the month of um, February on, on stewardship and how we use it to unlock the kingdom of God uh, in our lives. And... Um, as you walked into the church this morning, you probably saw the visual display over there with uh, the two cross, the three crosses and 
saying, what is your spiritual gift? Gateway needs your gifts and, and the boxes. And the boxes there is, is the gifts that you can give, the gifts, the talents that you can share here at Gateway. And uh, we would like to encourage the members to look at them and to start to pray where God is asking you to become involved. So as you stand there, you'll see that there are all different kinds of ministries named. And we would ask you to just go there to see where, where you feel the Holy Spirit urging you to, to, to get involved. Um, and then um, also to commit to taking a ministry and then praying for that ministry. So maybe God has already started talking to you and, and you already feel God is saying there's, there's something he would want you to do. And I would encourage you just to pray through that. Um, and then um, what we were doing is the last Sunday of this month will truly just be like a commitment Sunday. It will be a, a Sunday where you will say, I sense this is what God wants to do. And what we're wanting to try and do is we're just saying that it is something that you can do for the year. We're not saying you have to do it now for the rest of your tenureship year at, <laughs> at Gateway. Maybe you've decided you want to, to do welcome, but after three months you discover, no, this is a bit too, too difficult. <laughs> but you would rather want to do something else. We, we also feel that you need to have that, that space and that option to, to do something else and to really be passionate in your ministry for God. Um, and then, of course, you will be hearing more about these ministries as the month goes on. And then also, I'd just like to thank Christine, Julie, Jean Marie, and others of the Bosso family. I don't know if Julie and, and her family are here, but just like to, to thank them, Ilona and Kim, for all the hard work for this display and for all the, 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 the admin trying to get all of this together, truly, truly, if I've forgotten anyone, please forgive me, but I, am truly, I truly want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for the work and effort put into to doing this. Um, and um, I'm, I truly believe that all the hard work that you have put into it will, will truly bear fruit here at Gateway. And so I'd just like to say thank you, thank you so much. But I would like to ask each one of you this morning just to think where you could be of service to Gateway. And um, my challenge for this month is your church needs you. And we need you to be a blessing to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This morning, please turn with me. If you'd like to follow on the screen, please follow on the screen. But if you have a Bible on your phone or if you have brought the hard copy... Please join me and, and we'll be reading from Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 to 34. Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 to 34. Come, let us hear the word of God. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in their barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? 
Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things and your only father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. May God bless to us the reading of his word. In the name of God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's pray for the word. Mighty and Heavenly Father, we praise and thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, that your word brings life, that your word brings hope. We thank you, Lord, in the midst of our darkness, that your word lifts us up. And we just pray, Lord, this morning that your word may speak to us, that your word may challenge us. And Lord, I pray that we will not only be good hearers of your word, but Lord, that we will act upon your word and that we will see your kingdom unlocked in our lives and that we will live lives that bring glory, honor, and praise to God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Two men were marooned on an island. One man paced back and forth, worried and scared, while the other man sat back and was sunning himself. The first man said to the second man, Aren't you afraid that you're about to die? No, said the second man. I make 500,000 rand a week, and I tithe faithfully to my church every week. My pastor will find me. <laughs> so watch it. As I was preparing for this sermon, I was thinking of a way to preach on the subject of tithings and offerings to the church. I was tempted to preach hellfire and brimstone. I could have pointed out that tithing was an Old Testament command and that the Israelites not only tithed 10% of their income, but that after all their offerings, especially on their pilgrimages to Jerusalem three times a year, they probably tithed and offered up to God 27% of their annual income. I could have also pointed out that in the book of Malachi, 
that the non-payment of tithe and offerings equated to stealing in the eyes of God. It says in Malachi chapter 3 verses 6 to 12, I am the Lord, do, I, I the Lord do not change. So you, the descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. Ever since the time of your ancestors, you have turned away from my decrees and have not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. But you ask, how are we to return? Will a mere mortal rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how are we robbing you? In tithes and offerings. You are under a curse, your whole nation, because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty. And see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops and the vines in your fields will not, will not drop their fruit before it is ripe, says the Lord Almighty. Then all the nations will call you blessed, for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. Nonetheless, this heavy yoke of the Old Testament or covenant has changed, because this is the Old Covenant. You had to do this through works. You had to bring this offering to God. It was, was like a, a heavy yoke on your back. And if you did not do this, there was a curse upon you. But yet this has changed with the new covenant. The New Testament. We do not tithe and bring offerings out of obligation. But we give out of gratitude. For what Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, has done for us. When Jesus died on the cross of Calvary, he paid the penalty for you and I. Have you ever thought about it? We no longer have to do it through works. We no longer have to fulfill the 613 regulations that are in the Old Testament. We no longer have to carry this, this heavy burden that we have to do so good, that we have to do things so well that we are saved. Have you read the 613 regulations in Scripture? Try and, try and remember, you've got to fulfill all 613 regulations plus the Ten Commandments. And if you fail in one, you failed in one, you're dead meat. One. One sin. Klah. Vech. Okay? But in the New Testament, our Savior Jesus Christ paid the penalty for you and I. And he says you're under no obligation. 
But yet, wow, man, if Christ has done that for me, man, I need to glorify him for what he has done for me. The Apostle Paul writes, Christ arrives right on time to make this happen. He didn't and doesn't wait for us to get ready. He presented himself for his sacrificial death when we were far too weak and rebellious to do anything, to get ourselves ready. And even if we hadn't been so weak, we wouldn't have known what to do anyway. We can understand someone dying for a person worth dying for. And we can understand how someone good and noble could inspire us to selfless sacrifice. But God put his love on the line for us by offering his son in sacrificial death while we were of no use whatsoever to him. Now that we are set right with God by means of this sacrificial death, the consummate blood sacrifice, there is no longer a question of being at odds with God in any way. Romans 5 verses 6 to 9. The pastor stood before the congregation and said, I have bad news, I have good news, and I have more bad news. The congregation got quiet. The bad news is the church needs a new roof. The pastor said. The congregation groaned. The good news is we have enough money for the new roof. A sigh of relief was heard rippling through the gathered group. The bad news is it still in your pockets? <laughs> in the New Testament, when it comes to tithing and offerings, we are given two principles in Scripture. The first principle Jesus says in Matthew 6, verse 33, the first principle in Matthew 6, verse 33 says, But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Did you know, did you know that a quarter of the Gospels. That's 25% of the Gospels. Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, taught about money. Jesus Christ is very aware of our human needs and concerns, especially when it comes to money. Nevertheless, he challenges his disciples by saying, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. In some other interpretations, it says mammon, and mammon was a god that they worshipped. 
And he's saying you can either you, you either serve God or you serve mammon, but you can't serve both. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, is calling us to make God our first priority. Indeed, for you and me, it is the fourth key to unlocking the kingdom of God in our lives. Indeed, for you and me, it, it is a key that will set us free if we can understand this principle. When we take our focus off the things of this world and make God our focus, He will take care of our every need and worry. Because what happens when you start worrying about your finances? What happens when you put your security in your finances? Oh man, then the life is dark. Then you are so focused on trying to make a living out of everything. And, and then you see the collapse of the finances in the world. And then you hear the news that there's a recession and there's a possible oppression. No, no, I mean, a re, what's it called? Depression. A recession. But we all go, oh. <laughs> and we start focusing on that and let's sell that and let's do that. And then what do we do? We make mistakes, don't we? What is Jesus telling us here? He's saying, don't make a God of your material possession. Don't make a God out of your, your security that you get from finance. He says, put your security in God. Put your hope in God. I, I can speak for myself, for Francis, for David and Angela. I know at one stage I was out of ministry for four years and a full-time ministry, and um, I had to, I think we roughly had to make an income of about eight to 9,000 rand. That was about 15 years ago that we could just, just make it. And um, I ended up working as a, a financial consultant, or a, a, in old terms, a, I, I was selling insurance. I was an insurance salesman, and the income was based on, on um, 100% commission. There was no salary. 100% commission. And somehow, by the grace of God, for four years, God provided every day. I can tell you, I got in my car in Howick and I was traveling to Maritzburg and I was praying in that car every day and I just prayed, Lord, I'm not the tail but the head. <laughs> Lord, you will provide. You are a good God. And the nice thing about God is He always provides just what you need. He provides, and that's what matters. We not only have to seek He first, His kingdom, but we also have to seek His righteousness, which is His commandments. Does, does this now mean that we have to follow the 613 regulations of the Old Testament and do works to be obedient to the Ten Commandments? What do you think? No. Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, simplified it for us in Matthew chapter 22, verses 34 to 40. He says, hearing that Jesus 
had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is your first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. And you're asking me, okay, we've got ten commandments. How, how does this fit in? Well, you see there it says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. The first four commandments of the ten commandments Call people to focus on God. It says, there shall be no other God but me. You shall have no idols before me. What else does it say? Three and four. Anyway, (laughs) what I'm trying to say is that it calls us to put God first. And when you put God first, you need to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And it's quite interesting what word goes there last mind. Because what controls us most of our life? Where does the worry come from? (laughs) In the mind. So it calls us to love, not to work, but to love. And then the second commandment. Well, if you look at the last six, I'm, I'm good at counting sometimes, eh? Theologians can count when we try. (laughs) But the last six commandments is about our relationships with other people. Honor your mother and father. Uh, Don't steal, don't kill. (laughs) Don't commit adultery. Don't covet. Then there's the last one. I just can't remember right now. False testimony, all right? But it's all about our relationships with others, isn't it? And so that is calling us to love your neighbor as yourself. Those are the commandments. We still fulfill the Ten Commandments, but we do it in a new way because of what Jesus Christ has done for us on the cross of Calvary. It's no longer what I do through my own effort, but it's done through the love of Jesus Christ and His effort for you and I on the cross of Calvary. Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, encourages us to seek after the commandments of God through the power of agape love. His unconditional love that is sacrificial and seeks the very best in the other. He does not expect us, He does not expect us to do them through human effort, but by the divine inspiration, comfort, and guidance of the Holy Spirit. (coughs) Consequently, when we seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, especially when these two acts of faith are aligned, Jesus says, all these things will be given to you as well. So as you seek first the kingdom of God and as you... Seek after his righteousness. When those two are aligned, 
God says, Jesus says, all these things will be given to you as well. Astonishingly, I was struck by the use of the term the kingdom of God in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. A few weeks ago, I told you that in Matthew, he uses the term the kingdom of heaven. He uses the term the kingdom of heaven because he doesn't want the the Jews, because he's mainly writing to to a Jewish audience, and he doesn't want the Jews to accuse him of blasphemy. So what he does is he, but yet here, in in Matthew 6 verse 33, he says the kingdom of God. And so being a studious um, student, I decided, well, let me go and look this up, go to all the Bible commentaries I can find, read a few sermons and see what they have to say. Why, why does Matthew do this? And, and I was quite astounded. I just could not find any comment on it. And as I was praying, I sensed that the Holy Spirit was telling me that Matthew was challenging his readers to take a risk in their faith. In a sense, he was saying that he was prepared to be accused and possibly persecuted to death for blasphemy. Therefore, you and I should be prepared to put everything on the line and make God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit our very first priority. How about you take a risk in your tithes and offerings to God as well? The second principle, the Apostle Paul writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 to 8, remember this, whosoever so sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things and at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, so generously into our lives. When he was crucified and died on the cross of Calvary, he so generously into our lives. Today, we celebrate at the Lord's table, for he gave his body and his blood He gave it freely to you and to me. He gave his life so that we may have eternal life. As our God so generously sacrificed his life for us, why don't we generously sow into his kingdom with our lives, money, resources, spiritual gifts, and talents? What are you prepared in your tithing offering to generously give to God, the Father, Son, 
and Holy Spirit. Someone has said that there are three kinds of givers. The flint, the sponge, or the honeycomb. To get anything out of a flint, you must hammer it. Sounds like me. No, um... (laughs) And then you only get chips and sparks, not crisps, but chips. To get water out of a sponge, you must squeeze it. And the more you use pressure, the more you will get. But the honeycomb just overflows with its sweetness. Which kind of giver are you? John D. Rockefeller is an example of the benefits of giving. He achieved what our culture calls success. Rockefeller had amassed more wealth than he could ever spend. By the time that Rockefeller was 53, his life was a wreck. Throughout his business career, he said, I never placed my head upon the pillow at night without reminding myself that my success might only be temporary. He was the richest man in the world, and yet he was the most miserable in every sense of the word. He was sick physically, mentally, and emotionally. There was no humor, balance, or joy in his life. Then a transformation occurred. He determined to become a giver rather than an accumulator. He began to give his millions away. He founded the Rockefeller Foundation, dedicated to fighting disease and ignorance around the world. He lived to be 98 years old and was a happy man in those years because of his new and revitalized definition of success. And so success is not in accumulating, but success is in giving. Finally, I close with this thought. In a world brimming with distractions and worries, Jesus' words in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, serve as a poignant reminder of the importance of spiritual priorities. The invitation is, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness is an empowering call to reorder our lives around God's reign, allowing our, aligning our desires with his and pursuing, a, and pursuing a lifestyle marked by his righteousness. It is the fourth key with which we unlock the kingdom of God in our lives. This pursuit is not without its challenges, particularly in our postmodern and materialistic society. However, the challenge is softened by the promise of God. The promise that accompanies it as we faithfully seek God's kingdom and His righteousness. We are assured by our Heavenly Father who cares even for the birds of the air and the lilies of the field, that he will take care of our daily needs. He will take care of everything. 
All we need to do is seek you first, the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty God, sometimes your word is very challenging. There are times that we can fathom what you are saying, but yet our hearts are filled with fear and dread. But yet, Lord, your word is so simple this morning. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Our Lord, in a world in, in which we live, a world which is falling apart at the seams, in a world, Lord, where, where the pursuit of happiness is through how much money you have in your bank account and how much material gain you have, but yet, Lord, we know that that is empty, that it is of no value, that the only value in life is to know Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And so, Lord, teach us this morning to seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And Lord, as you have given to us so freely, as you have given us life and you have given it to us abundantly, Oh Lord, may we become a people who give over extreme measure. May we be a people, Lord, that give abundantly, just as you have given abundantly to us. And Lord, may that be through our finances. May that be, Lord, through our spiritual gifts. May that, Lord, be through our talents. But Lord, may we give. And as we give, Lord, so we may see your kingdom grow. And so, Lord, may your grace come upon us this morning. Fill us. Lord, with a new passion, a new hope, a new desire to serve you, almighty God. And Lord, may that passion be derived because of your goodness, your grace, and your love for us. And so, Lord, fill us with passion this morning so that we may serve God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. We're going to take up the offering now, and I'm just going to ask the worship team to come up and we will sing together um, the hymn, Thank You Jesus for the Blood. And while we, we're singing that, can I ask you to stand and then while we sing that, we'll take up the offering. Let's stand and sing together.
Father God, we bless you, we worship you for all the things that you've done for us. Father God, we bless you for the gifts that you've given to us, 
as you are the provider, you always make provision for us. Father God, I pray for all that are sick. I pray for our government. I pray, Father God, that we get a government that listens to you, that will bring prayer in schools, Father God. I also pray, Father God, for the answered prayers as we continue in our lives, our dailies. We pray, Father God, that you go with us. Father God, in the name of the Son and the Holy Spirit, in Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Could I ask the elders to come forward as well at this time as we come to the Lord's Supper. It's always a privilege to stand before you this morning as we come around the Lord's table. On the 25th of February this year, I will be celebrating 25 years in ordained ministry. And um, last week I had the privilege of preaching in my home congregation in Newcastle, where it all began in 1985. And... um, so this morning, as I come and stand before you, it's always, always an honor when I celebrate the Lord's Supper, because it reminds me of His great love for you and for me. And so this morning, as we come before this table, let us be reminded of what Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, did for us, for it tells us that He took the bread and the wine, which represents his body and his blood. And so this morning, let us be reminded that Jesus Christ gave his Zoe, he gave his life. And I pray this morning that as we share in his gift of love, so we may be worthy of his love and his life. Let us pray. Mighty God, we just thank you for this meal. Thank you, Lord, for reminding us that you love us so much that you gave up everything for us. And so, Lord, as we come this morning, may we be reminded that we were sinners, but that we are now forgiven through the love of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And so, Lord, we pray this morning that as we share in this meal, that we may remember that Jesus Christ gave his life, that he gave his body and his blood, not because we deserved it, but, Lord, because you loved and love us so much. 
And so, Lord, this morning as we come and stand before you, may we not forget the words of Jesus. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And so, Lord, this this morning we pray that as we continue to celebrate the Lord's Supper in remembrance of what you have done for us, Lord, may our hearts know your life, your abundant life. And may our hearts be thankful, forever thankful, for what you have done for us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. The Lord Jesus, on the night on which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. And said, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the meal, he took this cup, saying, this is the cup of the new covenant. In my blood, do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And so I invite you all to participate in this meal. For Jesus Christ loves you. And he wants you to share in his love for you. The body of Christ given for me. blood of Christ shed for me. One guy, the body of Christ. Chris, the body Rudy, the body of Christ. Sean, the body of Christ. God, the blood of Christ shed for me. Chris, the blood of Christ shed for me. the blood of Christ shed for you. Rudy, the blood of Christ shed for you. Sean, the blood of Christ shed for you. 
And I invite you, one and all, to share in the body and blood of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior.
Let us pray. Almighty God, we praise and thank you for the wonderful gift of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. We thank you, Almighty God, that you forgive our sins as far as the east is from the west and as high as the heavens are from the earth. And Lord, we pray that as Jesus has given of himself to us in such a unique and wonderful way, so Lord, our lives, Lord, that we may give it uniquely to you. Lord, we offer ourselves to you. And we pray, Lord, use us to your glory, honor, and praise. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We sing a song now. We sing in now. Let's stand and sing together our closing song.
reminder as I close the service, if you're stranded on an island, I will find you. <laughs> no. <laughs> Remember, seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your grace and love. We thank you, Lord, that we could share in the service this morning. We thank you, Lord, that no matter where we are, that you will find us because of your great love for us. And Lord, we pray that as we go in this week, Lord, that we may bring glory, honor, and praise to your name. And may we not forget, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to us. We pray this, Lord, in Jesus' name. And I may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, be with us all now and forevermore. Amen.
Yeah, we could just keep going. <laughs>